Mom? Having a little trouble here with my uh, technology. All right, here we go. Okay, uh, Loretta Lynn, the coal miner's daughter. Let's see what we can add on here. This is the B, and um, we're running through some labor songs. And uh, let's see, here's one for some fun. This one I like.
city. They got some crazy little women there, and I'm gonna get me one. I'm gonna be standing on the corner, 12th Street and Bond. Harden to 
Okay, that set interspersed with our uh, our talk. Tracy Chapman finished it off with "Tell it like it is, say it, say it, say it." <clears throat> the people who are running our country don't tell it like it is. They tell it the way they want you to believe it. They tell you what you want to hear. Before that, for no particular reason at all, Kansas City by Wilbert Harrison, one of my all-time favorite rhythm and blues hits. And finally, Loretta Lynn, before that, proud to be a coal miner's daughter. Beautiful song because it, it gives you a look into the life of working people. And this is not just coal miners' daughters. This is working people all over the world in every age and country. They're broke, but they're working. They're trapped. They can't quit their work because that's how they survive in this system. You're supposed to survive by working. What is that? Where did that come from? Okay, that's part of the intellectual construct called capitalism. Some people make money off your work, but you struggle just to survive. Proud to be a coal miner's daughter by Loretta Lynn. Let's move on here for some more off the labor beat. I'm looking at a, uh, probably a tweet um, put up by Antonio Castillo, and it's uh, one of the regular political uh, campaign signs on someone's lawn 
and it says, ¿Cómo vas a votar este año? How are you going to vote this year? And there are two boxes. There's a green background and a box that says, I mean, a blue background that says Democrat, with a box you can check. And the red box says pendejo. <laughs> so you can either vote Democrat or vote pendejo, and pendejo is a stupid ass, a dummy. Very well, you know, a genius for putting things <laughs> with minimal words. This is in, in the common dreams. Commondreams.org. See if we can get this article up. Pouring salt into the wound. Amid shutdown, workers are going without pay. Hello. Trump signs executive order freezing pay of nearly 2 million federal workers. Now, what is that? 2 million federal workers were scheduled to get a small raise between 2 and 3% to keep track with inflation. $2 million, 2 million workers. See, they say 2 million federal workers. No, no. Two million workers. It is shocking that federal employees are taking yet another financial hit. They've been furloughed and or laid off. As if missed paychecks and working without pay were not enough, now they've been told they don't even deserve a modest pay raise. This is Mr. Trump. Okay, let's look at it as if... It we didn't know all the details, okay? If I tell you, oh, there's a big government and there are two million uh, federal workers, two million workers, and their pay was just limited. They didn't get an increase, a yearly increase, as they were told they would. Mr. Trump is saving money on their salary. With hundreds of thousands of federal employees currently furloughed or working without pay due to the ongoing government shutdown, President Donald Trump delivered another blow to struggling workers on Friday by signing an executive order that will freeze the pay of around 2 million public employees in 2019. So if you strip away, strip away the details and abstract the situation. Two million workers are being denied raises. 800,000 workers have been laid off or asked to work without pay. Amazing. This is the U.S. of A. Okay. Furlough 400,000 federal workers. Require another 400,000 to work without pay. Freeze pay for entire federal civilian workforce. Justify pay freeze on 
our nation's fiscal situation, which is caused by the massive tax cuts for the rich, lie to the troops about the military pay raise. Excellent. That's from Chris Liu. All right. Pouring salt into the wounds. Here's our, uh, here's our direct action. I want to play this every week. I'm sorry if people get tired of it. This is our direct action wrap. Now, what's happening is the workers at a factory are walking off the job. Two of their leaders were fired, and in protest, they just threw down their tools and they're walking off their job. Here we go. Fucked up. This guy's watching. <laughs> Look at him. He's they sent a couple of them home. They all packed they shit up and shut this motherfucker down. Nigga, who y'all think y'all playing with? Mexico, man, this is what black people need to be on, man. I swear to God, I love this shit. They are packing they shit up and shutting this motherfucker. Huh? Uh, oh, my mama. Oh, that shit. <laughs> they are not bullshitting. They packed up. Yeah, I see. It's over. Them motherfuckers now packed up and dipped. They thought they was going to play with these amigos, and they said, oh, yeah, we rise together, homie. And they leaving. And they not bullshitting. Take this in, man. Look at this, man. They shut this big motherfucker down today, man. We all going home, man. The SAs, look, ain't no grinding, cutting, welding. This motherfucker dead ass quiet. The Mexicans shut this motherfucker down, nigga. Said, fuck you, bitch. And really, and really, this is what I'm talking about, baby. I swear to God, they got me geeked up. Oh, my Malcolm X shit. Oh, my mama, nigga. Fuck the bullshit, nigga. Look at this. They shut this bitch down. They pissed them off, nigga. And they said, fuck you. We out. We not working no more today. Kiss my ass, nigga. I'll let y'all tomorrow. On oh, my mama. That's great. Look. Ain't nobody here. We're just cleaning up. We're going home. It's over. I'm riding with the essays, nigga. Fuck it. Go to the crib. Go to the... Go to the casa. I thought I would go, man. Boy, be in. You swear to God. Okay, that was an as yet unnamed uh, bystander, maybe one of the workers, totally amazed, totally blown away at this demonstration of solidarity by the Mexican workers. Going to have to find out where and when that situation was, what ended. But what a wonderful uh, commentary the guy gives. My breakfast receipt, <clears throat> it says, and it's a normal receipt for French toast, hash and eggs, mushroom omelet. Some people sat down, and when they got their receipt, register receipt, it said, immigrants make America great. They also cooked your food and served you today. Thank you. Come again. Here, here. Here, here. 
the invisible people. We're doing all this work so you can go ahead and do your thing. Hey, you can go ahead and be who you are, but you don't do it alone. This is when we talk about people who say, oh, well, individualism. You got to do it yourself, you know? No one will help you. Every step of the way in your life, people are working that you can eat and live and work and get rid of whatever you're trying to do. Every step of the way, people are supporting you with their labor and they're supporting you with their low wages. The less they get paid, the less your pancakes cost. The less they get paid, the less your food costs. And on and on. This is about Donald Trump's labor secretary, a guy named uh, Alex Acosta, I believe. I labeled it super sleaze. Uh, And the headline on Democracy Now!, how Trump's labor secretary cut a deal for multimillionaire and serial sex abuser Jeffrey Epstein. Let's listen to this for... This is Democracy Now! I'm Amy Goodman. One cabinet member after another has been forced to leave the Trump administration over corruption and other issues, uh, leaving Trump's cabinet at its most unstable since he's assumed office two years ago. The Environmental Protection Agency, the Departments of Justice, and the— This is Democracy Now! I'm Amy Goodman. One cabinet member after another has been forced to leave the Trump administration over corruption and other issues, uh, leaving Trump's cabinet at its most unstable since he's assumed office two years ago. The Environmental Protection Agency, the Departments of Justice and the Interior um, are all being headed by acting officials. We turn now to look at whether Trump's labor secretary, Alex Acosta, will be the next Trump cabinet member to go. As U.S. prosecutor in Florida, Acosta cut what's been described as one of the most lenient deals for a serial child sex offender in history. Multimillionaire hedge fund manager Jeffrey Epstein, friend to Bill Clinton, Donald Trump and others, has been accused of molesting and trafficking hundreds of underage girls in Florida, but served just 13 months in a Florida county jail. Fifteen Congress members have called for a probe into Trump's labor secretary. The Miami Herald recently published a series of articles exposing Epstein's crimes and the high-powered people who protected him. In the wake of the investigation, Epstein settled a defamation lawsuit against the lawyer of some of his accusers, avoiding testimonies from survivors who were expected to take the stand. A separate case to overturn the original 2008 play deal is still pending. For more, we're joined by Julie Brown. Longtime investigative reporter at the Miami Herald, past winner of the George Polk Award, Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Center Award. Her series Exposing Multimillionaire Jeffrey Epstein's Crimes is headlined Perversion of Justice. Julie, welcome to Democracy Now! Um, this investigation is epic. Explain why you focused on Jeffrey Epstein, how you learned about his story, and give us the background. 
Well, I had covered a number of stories about the Florida prison system, and I had I knew that sex trafficking was a, a big problem here in Florida. And every time, quite frankly, I started to do a story about sex trafficking and do some homework on it, um, Mr. Epstein's name kept coming up. And the more that I read about it, the more I thought I. I you know, this is something that, that I don't understand. I'm sure a lot of people don't understand how, in a state that is, has a high uh, rate of sex trafficking, how does someone who has trafficked all these girls—these were young high school, middle school girls—over um, quite a, a long period of time, how does someone like that um, get away with, with it, when, at the time that this happened, um, Alex Acosta, who was the U.S. attorney in Miami, was going head strong into prosecuting uh, people who were purveyors of child pornography, um, sending them to prison for pr prison for decades. And here is a man who had trafficked a number—some estimates are as many as hundreds of girls—and uh, he gets away with just serving a 13-month jail cert term, really in a very cozy area of the, of the county jail, where he was allowed to leave um, most of the day and on work release. Now, explain so who— So, I essentially decided— ex Explain who Jeffrey Epstein is. Talk about his rise uh, to power and who his associates are, leading right up to the president of the United—two presidents of the United States, from Donald Trump to Bill Clinton. Well, it, the way that he uh, obtained his money has always been a mystery. It, it, it's almost as though no one has ever examined how he got his money. Um, it's, it, it's surprising that the federal authorities didn't look into that, because he seemed to have just a never-ending cash flow. He was able to hire uh, some of the t biggest and uh, most costly lawyers in America to defend him. He was a New York and City school teacher. Oh, he was, he, but he never graduated from college. Very, very smart. He was uh, into physics and mathematics and, and um, biology, and he worked for Bear Stearns. And then he managed to ingratiate himself with some very wealthy, powerful people um, and manage their money. And as a result of managing a lot of uh, famous people and, and wealthy people's money, he himself made a lot of money. And it, as I said, it's really a mystery is exactly how much money he has and, and where it came from. But he has, it seems like, never-ending source of, source of cash, and he was able to really hire the best defense that his money could buy. I want to go to a video um, th <clears throat> that accompanies your piece, uh, this Miami Herald expose, where we hear the voices of the young women, now older, describing what happened to them. We were little girls. I was 16. I was 16. I started going to him when I was like 14, 15, 14 turning 15. If you think yes, at 14, $200, hey. that's a lot of money at 14 I'm sorry? years old. I mean, that's a lot of money now. She's like, oh, you know, do you need to make any extra money? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, I can give you know, like $200. There's this older guy in Palm Beach. He gets a lot of massages from girls. You know, that was really. They were recruited by someone who was adept at finding girls that would be willing to you know, go to a house for a few hundred dollars, and as it started out, you know, give a man a back rub, but in many cases it turned into something 
uh, far worse than that, uh, elevated to a crime and a serious crime, in some cases sexual batteries. My life would have been different if I would have never went to Jeffrey Epstein's house. It was just a dark turning point in my life. On June 30th, 2008, Jeffrey Epstein, a Palm Beach multimillionaire hedge fund manager, received what might have been the most lenient plea deal for a serial sex offender in U.S. history. The Miami Herald identified over 60 of his victims, just young middle and high school girls at the time of the abuse. More than a decade later, several of them are talking for the first time about how they were molested by Epstein and believe they were betrayed by the very prosecutors who were supposed to hold Epstein accountable. They came from fairly disadvantaged backgrounds. There was some dysfunction in their families. The lure of a lot of money was more than they were able to resist. I went from um, an abusive situation to being a runaway to living in foster homes to just already being hardened by life on the streets. The other girls that I personally know of that went, were coming from trailer parks that were having gun shootings, drugs. My mother was on drugs at the time and she couldn't provide for me and I was pretty much homeless. One child would be lured over, would be paid substantial sums of money, would be offered the further inducement of being paid a bounty for anybody else that she was able to bring to Epstein. A network developed where many young girls in the same kinds of circumstance wound up being victimized. The three of us slid into the back seat of the cab and we drove and I remember just driving down Okeechobee Boulevard and thinking how I had never been on Palm Beach Island before in my whole entire life that I had lived in West Palm Beach. By the time I was 16, I brought him up to 75 girls, all the ages of you know, 14, 15, 16, people going from 8th grade to 9th grade at just um, school parties is where I'd recruit him from. All Jeffrey cared about was go find me more girls. His appetite was insatiable. He, he couldn't stop. He wanted new, fresh, young faces every single day. The sheer volume of girls, uh, the frequency, sometimes several or many in the same day, the age of the girls. In some cases, there were victims that didn't know each other, had never met each other, but they had a, basically the same story. I remember there was a staircase, and it was like, kind of like a spiral almost. And she brings us up the stairs and it was like spiral stairs. You walked into his bedroom around his bed to almost a, like a very little hall and then it was another door. And that's where everything would happen, was in his bathroom. He would have a dresser and it was filled with like, the first drawer was lotion and then like the third drawer down was like sex toys. So you, we would take the massage table out and set it up in the middle of the room. And then he came in with his white towel on around him. And then he just laid down in his towel on his stomach and he was just talking to people on the phone. When he flip, flipped over, that's when he said, okay, you can go ahead and take off your shirt and pants, but you can stay in your underwear. He would want us to stand next to him and he would masturbate while he stared at us, touched us to pull his nipples and to play with them in between his fingers and also while I was playing with his nipples he kept doing that stuff to me but he was very aggressive like when he would do it and then he tried to put his finger in my underwear and I like 
jumped back and I went, I pulled back and I was like, whoa. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I won't do that, I won't do that. And then he went back to doing that. He's like, just on the outside and I'm like, oh my God. It ended with sexual abuse and intercourse. Story of Jeffrey Epstein and <clears throat> We could go on and on and on. The point here is Donald Trump's Secretary of Labor, Alex Acosta, was the quote-unquote prosecutor in this case. Epstein ended up with the lightest sentence ever given at to a, a child molester. Uh, he was a super pimp is what he is. And uh, so listen to that. That's uh, Amy Goodman and uh, Democracy Now. Jeffrey Epstein, the case of Jeffrey Epstein. The uh, Acosta, so Acosta now is uh, under indictment or under uh, examination by the Congress. Uh, he's been called before the Congress. We'll see what happens to him. <laughs> Mr. Trump was going to drain the swamp, huh? This is for Jeffrey Epstein and the girls that he exposed, the girls whose labor...
Mal hombre. Listen to Jack Kerouac here, huh? About Charlie Parker. Charlie Parker looked like Buddha. Charlie Parker, who recently died laughing at a juggler on TV, after weeks of strain and sickness, was called the perfect musician. And his expression on his face was as calm, beautiful, and profound as the image of the Buddha represented in the East, the lidded eyes, the expression that says, all is well. This was what Charlie Parker said when he played, all is well. He had the feeling of early in the morning, like a hermit's joy, or like the perfect cry of some wild gang at a jam session, wail, whop. Charlie burst his lungs to reach the speed of what the speedsters wanted, and what they wanted was his eternal slowdown. A great musician and a great creator of forms that ultimately find expression in mores and what have you. Musically as important as Beethoven, yet not regarded as such at all. A genteel conductor of string orchestras in front of which he stood proud and calm, like a leader of music in the great historic world night, and wailed his little saxophone, the alto, with piercing clear lament, in perfect tune and shining harmony, toot, as listeners reacted without showing it, and began talking, and soon the whole joint is rocking and talking, and everybody talking, Charlie Parker, whistling them on to the brink of eternity with his Irish St. Patrick patoodle stick. And like the holy miss, we blop and we plop in the waters of slaughter and white meat and die one after one in time. And how sweet a story it is when you hear Charlie Parker tell it, either on records or at sessions or at official bits and clubs, shots in the arm for the wallet, Gleefully, he whistled the perfect horn. Anyhow, it made no difference. Charlie Parker, forgive me. Forgive me for not answering your eyes. For not having made an indication of that which you can devise. Charlie Parker, pray for me. Pray for me and everybody. In the nirvanas of your brain where you hide indulgent and huge. No longer Charlie Parker, with a secret unsayable name that carries with it merit, not to be measured from here to up, down, east, or west. Charlie Parker, lay the bane off me and everybody.
That was uh, Jack Kerouac with uh, Steve Allen playing piano in the background. And the subject was uh, Charlie Parker. Let's listen to Charlie Parker now. And that was Charlie Parker and a combo. I don't know who was playing there that with him. With the uh, swing era ballad, All the Things You Are, made a hit by Helen Forrest. Charlie Parker, All the Things You Are. This year we're going to play some more jazz. We're going to play uh, classical jazz and uh, hopefully some modern jazz. Anyone who's got suggestions for music, 
songs that we play, music of social significance, uh, email me or put it on the uh, message board at mutinyradio.fm. This is the B. And we're going on with our labor news. Want to mention another one? These are like pins. These are like posts. Shame at our own dependence on the underpaid labor of others. I mentioned this earlier, how people who are making low wages make our commodities cheaper for us. When someone works for less pay than she can live on, when she goes hungry so that you can eat more cheaply and conveniently, then she's made a great sacrifice for you. The working poor are the major philanthropists of our society. And that's a woman named Barbara Ehrenreich. And a book which... You want to read something about working. Barbaran Reich was a well-to-do, a, a writer, a leftist, um, married to a labor leader who decided to go underground. In other words, become a worker, a low-wage worker. And she did. She, she worked as a low-wage worker and wrote this book, Nickel and Dime, about how we're being subsidized by uh, low-wage workers. And what about Janus? Okay, what has Janus had, you know, done to the labor movement so far? It's, it's going to have bad effects long-term unless um, union people can get together and figure something out, uh, bring suit about uh, free speech for the union. This is just an excuse to muzzle the union. That's all these things are. Okay? I mean, if we would go to federal workers, right? Federal workers are not supposed to unionize either. Certain things that they can then uh, argue for and bargain for are excluded. Months after the Supreme Court's June 18th Janus versus AFSCME decision, public sector unions are not teetering on the brink of collapse, as their detractors may have hoped. Uh, hoped. The consensus is that good preparations soften the initial blow. Anyone writing our obituary is going to be sorely disappointed. By the way, this is in these times. January 3rd, 2019. We don't believe we are going to be hurt nearly as badly as people thought by Janus. U.S. labor law requires unions to represent everyone in a bargaining unit, whether or not they opt to be official dues-paying union members. Prior to Janus, most states required those who opted out to pay for the at pay for that representation through fair share, fair share fees. It's added a percentage of dues. In one fell swoop, Janus eliminated fair share fees 
for public sector unions nationwide, allowing non-members to get all the benefits of the union without paying. So that's what it is. It's a free ride. <clears throat> what unions did was talk to their base, strengthen their base, and uh, have campaigns to let workers understand, you know, what the union does for them. Okay. So Janice didn't hurt nearly as bad, but this is something. I mean, union leaders, union activists, union members have to be proactive you need to go out and win more people and don't just don't just organize them you know so they're on some list you have unionize them unionize them okay the axe fell wasn't that bad U.S. Appeals Court nixes labor agency Obama-era joint employment test. Now, th this is something that's very important because under the franchise system, for a long time, people at the top of a franchise, say a McDonald's, were able to disassociate themselves from the labor practices of the franchise owners. In other words, they say, okay, we're McDonald's, you're a McDonald's franchise, but uh, we have nothing to do with how you treat workers. All we want is profit from you. All we want is money from you. So by paying that, that money, what, what did different franchise owners have to do? Well, they had to squeeze their workers. So they squeeze their workers or they or they overload workers, or they submit workers to bad job conditions. And the parent company, McDonald's, for example, can say, well, we have nothing to do with that. Those aren't our policies. The franchise owner has his own situation. Well, under Obama, the, the uh, National Labor Relations Board said, uh-uh, that's not true. You're the parent company. You're being paid money. You're making money off this. No, you have to be involved, and you have to be responsible for those labor that labor situation. Well, now, the Trump era in LRB uh, has removed that. So now you can get away with just being uh, a franchise owner and telling everybody uh, you don't know anything about the uh, labor situation and you're not responsible for it. And one more. Here's labor notes. How Four Roses bourbon strikers fought off two-tier. Four Roses bourbon. Probably people out there are familiar with that. Workers at the Four Roses Bourbon Distillery and Bottling Plant chose their moment as well. 
Just as their industry was preparing to welcome thousands of visitors for September's Kentucky Bourbon Festival, they walked out on strike in defense of workers they hadn't even met yet. There's a family company, said Matt Stone, a leader in food and commercial workers, local 10D. Grandfathers, fathers, sons all work here for generations. And my family may be working here one day. We want to take care of the next guy. With few resources at their disposal, these 50 workers in rural Kentucky stared down the Japanese conglomerate Kim Bre- Kin Bre- Kirin Brewery, which owns Four Roses and One. See, the American owners of these companies have long since cashed in and sold out, in some cases, to foreign countries. Where's the hue and cry about that? Why does a Japanese country company own four roses? How did that happen? Might be good, might be bad, but how did it happen? The dispute was over two-tier contract proposal that would have given worse benefits to new hires. One fact Four Roses hadn't counted on was that many of its employees had friends who worked at the nearby Jim Beam distillery. Two years ago, Jim Beam workers struck over a similar issue and forced their employer to back off. Four Roses workers spent nearly two weeks walking the picket lines near the distillery in Lawrenceburg, and outside the bottling and warehouse faculty in Cox's Creek. Tennessee, maybe? I think we're talking about Tennessee. The workers are located, represented by UFCW locals 10D and 23D and the National Conference of Firemen and Oilers, SEIU. When they returned to the bargaining table with the assistance of a federal mediator, they worked in, they, within hours, they had a tentative agreement. And in the words of local tendee President Jeff Royalty, there is no two-tier in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Precisely what caused the company to back down remains somewhat of a mystery even to the workers involved. What is clear is that their public campaign direct outreach to would-be customers, support from the local community, solidarity from other unions, and outreach to the media helped turn the tide. It's on Labor Notes. Okay. Now, what's, this is from Labor Start. And this is... Just lost it. This is from Labor Start, and it's uh, about the people at the airport, those people who uh, stop you and pass the censor over you and uh, tell you what to take on and put off. <laughs> take off and put on at the airport. <clears throat> the TSA agents. Two weeks into the shutdown, Mr. Trump is going around bragging how he's getting all this all this uh, support. People are calling him. 
and uh, federal workers are calling him and telling him that uh, they want him to hold tough. They don't mind going without money. He's not going without money. <laughs> and they don't mind going without money. Donald Trump recently suggested that he has the upper hand in government shutdown fight because most of the people not getting paid are Democrats. In other words, these are people who are against his wall. And now they're the ones who aren't getting paid, so he's kind of happy to withhold pay from them, huh? By this, the president meant that his party depends less on the support of federal workers than Chuck Schumer's does, and that Democrats will therefore have a harder time standing their ground during a prolonged shutdown than he will. Beyond the moral odiousness of this position, there was one strategic flaw in Trump's reasoning. Precisely because they are aligned with the Democratic Party, public sector unions are likely to be more willing to engage in work stoppages under a GOP president than might be under a pro-labor one. Two weeks into the shutdown, formal labor militancy, formal labor militancy has yet to materialize. But an informal pseudo-strike is already taking shape. Transportation Security Administration agents are legally obligated to work through the shutdown, even though their pay has been frozen. For TSA agents who survive paycheck to paycheck, that just stopped being workable. As the shutdown approaches in its third week, hundreds of agents have begun calling in sick. Reported by CNN. So, Four Roses, played some Charlie Parker, The Axe Fell, that's the labor beat. Let's have one more, as Trump holds firm on shutdown, he never mentions one group, federal employees. He has talked about the need for protection along the country's southern border. He said he's willing to keep the government shut down indefinitely to ensure the funding of the wall, he says, will provide that protection. And he has complained about spending the holidays alone in the White House with no one around with whom he can negotiate. One thing President Trump has not talked about publicly during 13 days of partial government shutdown is the 800,000, 800,000, everybody, federal workers who are not being paid because of it. Mr. Trump's apparent indifference to the TSA agents, correctional officers, science scientists, and other federal employees caught in the crosshairs of a political standoff presents a remarkable contrast with how other presidents have made a point of trying to demonstrate their empathy during other shutdowns. In the 2013, for instance, President Barack Obama opened an op 
wrote an open letter to the workers affected when the government was closed. None of this is fair to you, he wrote, adding, you and your families remain at the front of my mind. Even Ronald Reagan acknowledged during the 1981 shutdown the temporary hardship it caused for government workers. Mr. Trump has not even publicly recognized that. And what do we expect? What do we expect? So let's see. Uh, let's let's play some music. And get my iTunes here. Uh, uh, let's see. We've got perfect Indian fire on map. I'm looking for something uh, about this one. We played this a lot before. First time in the new year, and it's a damn good one to remember. Linda Tillery and cultural heritage. Right. Don't let nobody... Strange to you, I might preach the gospel, 
paganos Porque somos chicanos de East LA Ay, arriba y arriba Ay, arriba y arriba y arriba iré Yo no creo en fronteras Yo no creo en fronteras Yo cruzaré, yo cruzaré, yo cruzaré someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. El amor que 
you don't have a seat at the table where you work, that is, the negotiating table, you're on the menu. And never, never let anyone into your heart who's not a friend of labor. I say labor, I mean you. Hi, everybody. Remember, when I say labor, I mean you, where the labor meets the road. Hi, everybody. Beat that. Clifton House, and all of you who work for a living, have a good week and good work. This is the Bee signing off. See you next week. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, 
mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't. <laughs> anything about it sorry all on my limited view yes every tuesday from 12 to 2 uh oh you can if you can also find us on apple Podcasts. oh yeah and google play and stitcher itunes oh you already said that tune in radio uh stitcher you said that spotify oh my god there's just so many and overcast um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Mm. 
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe it's a cash cock honey <laughs> Billy Bob you ever want to be funny well my dogs think I'm funny Daryl well I mean you ever want to be like in front of an audience like other than like squirrels dogs and dead peasants oh shit from time to time, I've given it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at Mutant Radius. <laughs> It's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows. Flat Black Plastic, MutinyRadio.fm.
This is cassette number seven. We followed the tracks through sleepy suburban neighborhoods, grumpy with each other for the first time since we met again. Lonnie shot snipes along the way. When he finally had a whole pocket full of cigarette butts, I had to sit and wait while he rolled them into one of the Uh, well, we'll, we'll be doing that on Friday. And um, he says, all the little boys and girls in my neighborhood come, come in and watch it on my TV set. We roll on the floor and hold our sides. Mommy, that looks like, uh, told me to sit down and write you this letter. And uh, that, as I said, is from uh, Arnie uh, Peterson, and he's 34. Bye, Brucey. <laughs> then don't talk in the studio. There is, uh, there is one little letter I did want to bring up because we've received a number of them like this. Um, this is from a um, Freddie Ferno. Freddie Ferno, it says. He's age seven. And um, he writes and he says, Dear Uncle Freddie, I sent in for the $27 decoding ring. <laughs> of carpeting. <laughs> and instead I got back some pictures of older girls in sort of bathing suits. <laughs> that, that was a little slip up in Uncle Freddy's office, uh, boys and girls. That's a little service Uncle Freddy runs for some of the older boys and girls. might hang on to him for 10 or 12 years, Freddy, or um, maybe you might uh, want to send it back to Uncle Freddy, and I'll send you back the magic decoder. Don't mail him, Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for our mailbag, boys and girls. Let's all get up now, and we'll start marching, and that'll be the signal for our cartoon. Okay, everybody start marching and wave to your mommies and daddies as you go by the camp. That's the way, boys and girls. Keep waving. That's the way. Let's keep going, son. That's the way. Right out the door, Mark Fire Escape. There you go. <laughs>
Mutiny Radio without a fan is a flat black plastic show. Thanks for listening. Go to the website. You donate money, come down and hear people tell funny stories. Come back. Mic three, your mic two. Hello, Pam. Oh, I can hear you above the seventy sound. <laughs> so can, you can hear me. Oh yeah. I can hear you. Oh. So tell me about your weekend. How was your weekend? Ow! Oh, weekend. Pretty good. There we are. Thirty-nine people stuffed into that performance space. So many bodies touching each other. Ah, some in chairs, some standing. <laughs> so all listening to comedy. It was crazy. That was sounds crazy. that sounds amazing. That sounds like better than any sex party I could ever oh. attend. Sounds better. Everyone had the clothes on though. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, honestly that sounds better than most seeing most people would <laughs> Anyway, so alright. So I think we have a really good show today. I'm excited to hear I've been talking to I've been telling people all day that you can call at 415-550-0511 for free phone sex. This is gonna be this is literally gonna be incredible. So I think it's catching on a little bit because I think we have more than one caller today. Um, so what I'm going to say is that, uh, first of all, what have you, like, have you thought about just, like, our past calls and just, like, have you reflected and have, have any, like, feedback on what you hope this show is going to bring today? I've, I've, um, I think that our callers really need to think about place that they want because it's been so integral like I mean I almost think about like uh, you know the seven point like Anne Bogart seven points of theater of like but you have to think about the architecture the architecture of place uh-huh. and I really enjoyed the Muni bus from Muni bus episode was, one Muni bus was the best and so I feel like living room 
in um, 2.1. I mean, it, it could have been awesome if we would have had some details, like it was sunken in like a 70s one, like it was like a pit. And then like brother and sister were coming home. You guys have to listen to the last episode. I don't know what we're talking about. But it just, it didn't even burgeon into the ways of like, what? And yeah, I think the lev- living room sex fantasy wasn't my favorite. I think so far it's still the Muni bus for sure. The Muni bus was awesome. Well, hopefully we have some good sex fantasies today, and we will see what the people of San Francisco and the world think of, and we will make their dreams come true, like a fairy godmother. Four one five 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 zero zero five one one for your fairy godmother to put glitter all over your face. <laughs> you want, all right, you want to so, be glitter bombed? All right, so I'd say, so the first person we have is is this person who I've actually met. I met him once. He's someone who follows me on Facebook mm. and fo- follows me on Instagram. He met me in the Castro once and asked for a picture, and we took a picture, and that was about it. And I said, hey, I'm doing a sex phone sex podcast. For the record, he is... I'm like 28. He like might be 78. So. Did you take your shirt off? For I did not. Said picture. I did not because I felt like. Though I guess it's legal to take your shirt off in the Castro. It's, sure. You can. The only thing illegal, you can walk around naked, but you're not allowed to sit, sit down, down without a towel. You can't let the bottom of your dick or your nutsack touch. Any kind of public bench. I think I'm, I'm kind of happy with that rule because I don't think I... I'm, I'm glad that someone was like, you know, we are, we're all for body positivity and like, you know, nudity, but there also is like a boundary. I mean, this guy wish probably wanted me to be butt naked, but who knows, maybe in the sex fantasy, we're going to make this come true. If you <laughs> And he's sending a lot of emojis, so this mm. is... So that you know what that means. <laughs> if if you wrapped your junk in in saran wrap, could you sit on any bench you wanted? If I anywhere? wrapped my junk in saran wrap, could I sit wherever I wanted? Yes. I think that's yes, because then the, the it's not junk touching. Is yeah. <laughs> you don't need a you don't need a towel. You just need saran wrap. So let's get the first guy on. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring down the sun mix mm-hmm. a bit. Bring it down. Take it out. Okay. Yeah. Take it out. Who's coming? Here we go. On? So I'm gonna say gonna the, the number. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell Four, him the call. Five, 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 zero, zero, the call. Five, so um, call. Four. Four one five 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 zero. Zero five, zero one five one. I'm a little scared for this one because yeah. I actually you actually know this. I don't guy. know this person. For the record, I do not know this person. Oh, barely. I like took a picture with this person, and I'm like really grateful that um, that we that we did this. But like also, I just don't know what the sex fantasy is, and I'm assuming the sex fantasy is going to involve me. <laughs> Yeah. As I told people tonight who I was talking to, I'm like, dude, it's free phone sex. You can identify as anything you want. I was like, if you want to call in as a strawberry, like you are deep in the cream, baby. Like, oh no, someone's going to eat me. Oh my Here God. Here he comes. All right. We see that blinky, blinky, blinky. We see that light coming up here. All three phone sex. 
You, no, you got to pick up the phone and ask him for permission first. All right. Before you put him online. Before you put him live, please ask for consent and permission to be on www.mutinyradio.fm. Meow, 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 meow. Doing it live. He's ready for some phone sex. Are you ready? Are you ready for some phone sex? It's free phone sex with Fred Scarf here on www.mutinyradio.fm. Yeah! Free phone sex. One sec. There you go. You got it. Press the button before you hang up on him. There you go. Red light on? Red light. Good. Hang it up. And then you take that red thingy and throw it up. Take that red thing. Go. Yay! I got it. Hello, Higher how are you? Me. Can you hear us? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. Ooh. Hey. Welcome to the pilot for my podcast, which is Free Phone Sex. It's a pleasure talking to you. Oh my God, no, it's a pleasure talking to you and just letting you know this is I'm I'm doing a free phone sex podcast because I think that everybody should have their sex fantasies fulfilled for free. And we're on Mutiny Radio and I have a cohort. Her name is Pam and she does also background voices. Hey, I can be a bird or a cat, whatever you need. And so have you ever done phone sex? You don't need to ever reveal yourself. This is all anonymous. But no, I never did. Good. So, would you, first of all, what I like to do is I like to ask who, what, where, when, why. And we're going to, like, map out your sex fantasy. Then we're going to reenact it and act it out. And then hopefully you have a good time. Well, just talking to you is my fantasy. <laughs> That's the, so sweet. That the, is so sweet. That is literally the sweetest the thing I've ever heard. The, that is literally the, the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Send me. It's just fabulous. Yeah, it just makes my day when I see all those pictures of you in your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he's gorgeous. You're so sweet. All right. Well, guess what? I cannot wait to be your sex fantasy operator and Pam is going to help me the fuck out. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to ask, um, in your sex fan, in this, in this fantasy, knowing what I look like with all the pictures and stuff, who, who are you? Are you yourself? Are you someone else? Are you, uh, like I am myself, you are yourself. All right. So, um, all right. So, what where are you so i'm in front of my computer talking to you no 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 no. i mean like in your fantasy where 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 ideally you are yourself in your fantasy well just just seeing you on when you send me a picture of yourself in any in any fashion and you know levi's you look great in levi's levi's were made for you okay so so basically where where you are in your fantasy is just literally wherever I am, right? Exactly. Okay. And um, what happens in this fantasy? And this is something that you need to think through because this is not just... Well, it just, just makes me uh, feel good that uh, such a nice-looking guy like you is out there showing off your body 
I mean, I think I think it's just fantastic. You, and you're not you're not going, you know, uh, out of out of out of out of what do you call it? Uh, you know, it, it's all clean, nice and clean. I like that about you. You mean, uh, uh, so, okay, so in your fantasy, base, I'm, it's basically just me wa- in walking around shirtless or something? Yes, yeah, you know, you look perfect. Well, you know, you, when I, I saw you one time down, down on, I missed you at the Folsom Fair, and that was a hell of a good look for, for you down there. But I left early. I was there early, and I saw, hoping I'd see you there, but I see you were there after I left, you came. Oh, all right. So, so what I happens? Would love that. I would love to have been there and then taking your picture, saying like all those other guys were taking your picture, because yeah. you looked really, really hot. Okay, okay. So, so what happens in the fantasy? So basically, you are yourself. I am. Uh, I, I am. Just, I, I just enjoy. It. I enjoy you. I just oh. enjoy it. You know, it doesn't have to be sexual. The way you do it is just perfect. Okay. Real, okay. Real nice. Okay. Sexual so, would, would be something. It would be okay, but it's not necessary. You're, so you're too too good. You're too nice looking. You have to do the sex part too. He's he's. I'm I'm nice looking, but but also this is a sex fantasy podcast, so you gotta indulge in your sex fantasies, and this is what we're here for. You're oh, you know I, what I would like with you. Yes. To take everything off completely and fondle you. Okay. Okay. That that's a good start. And then so where so how so how's this gonna go down? So is it gonna be like you take you take the clothes off of me? Do I take them off of you? What happens? Or you take them off of me, and that would turn me on completely. All right. So I, so I take the, so I take your clothes yeah. so I take your clothes off, and then like how does it start? How does this whole thing start? Then then you then you touch anything below my belly button, belly button, anywhere you touch me would get me started. All right. And am I in control? Are you in control? Who's in control? No, you you would be in control. I'm in control. All right. What are the things you love about your body the most? Can he caress the underside of your belly? Can he touch it? Can he lick the underside of your belly? Or is that not okay with you? Like, Oh, I like my balls played with. Oh, yeah. You want, you want your balls? You want yeah. me to play yeah, with your balls? Okay. Just follow my balls. Yeah. And, and then... And, and anything else you want to do is okay by me. So do you want me to just focus everything on the balls? Exactly. Are your balls hairy or shorn? No, they're short. Sh- they're shorn. Oh, Ooh, yeah, like that short. Oh. So basically, yeah. so basically in this fantasy, you want me to play with your balls, go for your balls. I'm in control. I'm licking your balls. Everything's about your balls. Exactly. Okay, so I think this is gonna be a ball fantasy. All right. So, um, so, and then is there like, and then like, how do you want, do you want me to come on you? Do you want to come on me? Can he be a soccer player? I mean, it's all about balls. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. Whatever, whatever is good for you. It's good for me. All right. And then also like, how do you want to come? Do you want to like come on me? Do you want me to come on you? Do you want to come on my face? Like, do you want to like, do you want something with my balls? I I just would like you to fondle my balls. And let me come by myself. Mm. And whether I come in on you or I come on myself it makes no difference. Mm. Okay, so mm-hmm. I get so I guess this is gonna be a really simple fantasy. Basically mm. I just play with your balls and then exactly. and then you just like do whatever you want with the jizz. You jizz and on you, me. You, if you let me do the same thing, be happy as hell. Alright, perfect. And then um, how does it start too? 
just by unzipping me and then touching my balls. All right, and then we are in like your house or something, right? Yeah, my house or my car or whatever. Okay, okay, that sounds really good. And then is it night or is it day? Uh, makes no difference. Okay, this is perfect. All right, so we're gonna put the fantasy together, and then we will, uh, we will uh, uh, get back to you in like thirty seconds. Okay. One, one sec, one sec. We, we're, we're getting this stuff together. <laughs> okay. Can I ask you a question? Oh yeah, you can ask me a question while we. Oh wait. Are, are, are you? I have a real fantasy about a cut and uncut. Oh. Are you okay. cut or uncut? I am cut. Perfect. That is exactly. Uncut just turns me off completely. No, 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 no. You don't. You you don't have to worry. My penis is cut. It's it's it, you're you're good to go. So if you like cut okay. penises, I'm your man. Oh, for sure. Perfect. I right, let's let's one. I right, we're gonna give us thirty more seconds. Okay. All right. Um. Driving on the, you're driving on the highway, right? No, I'm. At, I told you I'm home. Oh, you're home. Oh, okay. Well, I'm in front of it, my computer. Okay. Well, would it be okay if I come inside? Come inside? Yeah. Is it okay, okay if I just come inside and just use your restroom really quickly? I, yeah. I, I literally just, um, I just, I have a flat tire, so I just need to like come inside and yeah, just. Yeah, but Freddie, where are you? Where am I? I um I'm at, I'm outside. I'm I'm outside and I'm at, and I'm and I'm just going to 